Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com mailbag podcast presented by our good friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Be sure and check them out online at BlueWaterClimateControl.com for all of your HVAC needs. Check them out online or give them a call at 865-299-2290. They're going to do the right repair the right way. They're going to come take care of you. Whatever your needs are for your heating and air unit, Blue Water Climate Control will take care of it. They can take care of it. And uh, I promise you, they'll get it done for you the right way. That's Blue Water Climate Control with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubbs. As expected, plenty of questions to get to uh, in this mailbag edition of the podcast. And away we go out of the gate with Iron Ball, who wants to know, who do you think will have the biggest buzz around them after the first scrimmage? Also, after seeing the first week, which true freshman are you most impressed with? And who has a chance to see a meaningful role on this team? No hedging bets with a Juco like... um, uh, Brian Young, or Byron Young. Uh, bonus for AP update on, I'm going to say it wrong, is it Elick? Elick? Elick. Elick, and a time frame there. Let's go with the bonus question, Austin. What's what's the latest there? Still Tennessee Stanford. Um, Tennessee's done a really good job of pre- presenting him with things, whether it be, you know, what his major is going to be, which is dentistry, um, you know, making sure that, you know, they, they know how to sell the academic side of things. Um, you know, he, he's talked to people, um, you know, in the world of recruiting that, you know, that that have been recruited by both schools. And um, I, I still think it's way too close to call. Um, you know, he's, he's never really sat down to formally kind of work towards a decision. Um, so I still think it's really up in the air. Uh, expected decision sometime before the 20th. And, uh, you know, I mean, here we are sitting here on, you know, the 12th. So eight days from now, I mean, I, it just feels like the 20th is a good number um, for them to kind of come to a deci- for him to come to a decision. Maybe it goes longer than that, but that's kind of where I'm at uh, time frame wise. Um, and that's not a date he's told me. It's just a date I'm just kind of, you know, making up uh, out of thin air just because I know he wants to do something right before his senior season starts. And I know that's on the cusp. All right, Rob, freshman, who you like? And I don't know that anybody's going to really have a you know, I mean, I think Walker Merrill's going to play, but I wouldn't say, like, he's the guy that's impressed me the most, you know. But I, I think he's going to work his way into the rotation. Uh, I think – I mean, I'm, I know your guy. I like I like Jalen Wright. I like the explosion that, that you see from that kid, the way he picks him up and, and puts him down. Um, I'll be surprised if he doesn't end up outplaying his ranking. And I, and I know you said this before, and I agree. I think this offense is a really good fit for him. For his skill set, AP, who you got? Yeah, we're talking just scrimmage, right? Or are we talking about the season? Uh, let's no, let's talk about after the first week. Which true freshman are you most impressed with? Um, I mean, it's it's easy to say Jalen Robinson. You saw him in the spring. Um, I'll go defensive side of the ball. I just think Christian Charles looks like a million dollars. I mean, like you know, if if he plays the way he looks, then Tennessee set up really well at safety. Um, and and then outside of that. You know, I, I do think there's a handful of guys at Walker Merrill, if he can stay healthy, um, you know, is a guy that I think can produce. Deshaun Rucker, because of speed, I think can produce on special teams uh, and, and on the defensive side of the ball. But I, I go Christian Charles defense, and then I think Jalen Wright's kind of that slam dunk guy on offense um, just because you know he's going to be in that three-man rotation with Jabari Small and Tyon Evans. I'll tell you a guy who I don't think he's going to make a major impact uh, right now, but a guy who's a better football player than I thought he was going to be when he first got when, – when he got here based on our visit with him and where he was at that point uh, is Julian Nixon. 
and, and I don't know what he's going to become long term for Tennessee, but I think he's he looks the part better than I expected him to look the part. All right, who's going to be the buzz guy coming out of the scrimmage in a few hours? It's going to be a quarterback. He's, you don't know which one. I'm going to go Tyon Evans. Is that your guy, AP? That's your guy. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be interested to see how committed people are to talking about the quarterbacks, or if the quarterback kind of the answer at quarterback to everybody you talk to is well, they, they some of them did some good things, and they all had their moments, and they all did you know, or if there's gonna be somebody's like, wow, you know, yeah, he he really did something. I think there's I'll, gonna be a lot of couching of things coming out of there pub- the publicly. For sure. I don't expect there to be any, you know, admission that one guy was better than another from Josh Heupel or offensive staff member. But AP, AP will have something this time by, by Thursday night, Thursday evening. He'll know, he'll know which way the wind's blowing. Well, I mean, it's a huge day for a quarterback, for, for somebody. I mean, it, I mean it's, it is truly moving day for a quarterback because here's the opportunity. We'll see who can go out uh, and, and execute it. Um, and, and perform the, the way that, that they need to. I think a couple of those young receivers are going to make plays, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if you hear a little buzz about uh, Brandon Turnage as well um, at the corner position, being able to make some plays. So uh, hopefully we'll get some, uh, some nuggets from some people and from our talking to folks and everything that we can do um, throughout the day today and, and bring you as much as we can following the scrimmage. Of course, Josh Heupel will meet the media as soon as the scrimmage is over. Um, are there any negatives to increased media availability of the football program? I no. say no, but I'm a media guy. Uh, you know, coaches, I mean, like, look, at the end of the day, we're seeing no more football. I don't count the first two days um, where we got eight periods. We're seeing no more football on a day-in, day-out basis that we saw under Butch Jones or Jeremy Pruitt. But what we are doing is we're getting more access to kids and coaches. Again, I said this on the podcast on Tuesday. Josh Heupel, who will speak later this morning after the scrimmage, it will be a full week since he last spoke. And nobody's batted an eye about it because there's so many. I, mean, I think Tennessee's had 28 players talk in the last week. 28. Let that resonate. 28 plus all these assistant coaches. So that's where the difference lies. And that's why you feel like you know this team a little bit more. And I think the fans feel like, hey, I can get behind them. Caleb Tremblay when he's talking about Dollywood and, and riding the wooden roller coaster at Dollywood. I can get behind Jimmy Calloway when he's getting googly-eyed about Joe Milton. I can get behind player X when they relate to them, much like they did with, with peanut butter and jelly on the basketball team. Uh, they just like the kids. So that's where, to me, you get to know kids. I think that's where the access is way better and that's where you notice it i certainly don't see a downside at no. all no I, I mean i i don't i don't think there's anything and again i think you get a better feel feel for the football team because of the number of people that you talk to uh and because of the number of coaches that, that you've talked that you've spoken with i think it's easier to get an understanding uh, of of a specific position offensively or defensively um if you get to talk to an assistant coach um not, not that they're giving you you know, all the, all the trade secrets or anything like that, but, but at least you get an idea of what they're thinking about some individuals, um, you know, based on guys that they're spending the most time with. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the assistant coach. I mean, today, perfect example. After Wednesday, 
it was abundantly clear that they're expecting something from Jimmy Callaway, the way Cody Burns talked about him. And, not, and that's not to say Josh Heupel wouldn't mention him, but he wouldn't have the same, you know, detailed knowledge of, of what Callaway is doing to impress. And that was, that was probably my biggest takeaway from Cody Burns on Wednesday was that, hey, Jimmy Callaway's showing up. Yep. Yep. I don't disagree with that one. All right, let's go on to the next question here. I, I like this question. Uh, which quarterback does the team gravitate to? Uh, which one has the pulse, the one that has the pulse of the team? And then a bonus question for you, Rob Lewis, which warm-up drill can you get the, can you get more out of? Routes on air or a pregame shoot around in basketball? Let's go with the bonus question first. What do you learn more? Do you learn more in a pregame shoot around or in routes versus air? I would say routes versus air for sure. I mean, you, you can, I mean, you might learn if a guy can shoot with nobody guarding him and what his range is, but I mean, you get to watch, you know, you get to watch guys run, run routes. You can judge arm strength, accuracy. I mean, not that either one of them are you know, a, a great measuring stick, but I'll, I'll go with routes on it. What do you, what do you learn more from Brent routes or a, sorry, a pregame shooting uh, warm-up or a pregame kicking warm-up for a kicker? Um, I, you know, I, I that's a great question. I don't know that you learned, but here's the thing about both of those. I've seen punters and warmups boom the ball out of the stadium and then can't kick it when the game's, you know, when the game started. I've seen guys in pregame warmups in basketball make seven or eight threes in a row and they go to that same spot about 45 minutes later, Rob, and it's Clank City, <laughs> seemingly, you know. This, this is not related. But it's too good of a story not to pass along. I just remembered it. Um, when you said when you said that about the punters, and you probably you probably heard this one too, but Dustin Colquitt, who has obviously made millions of dollars, had a great career, but his first year at UT, like you said, he was booming and booming, and Coach Fulmer would kind of get close, and you know he the story goes he, he's shaking him, he's you know popping him up, and after you know a few days of this in preseason, you know Philip, you know Dustin, what's the problem? He's like, Coach, I just I just get nervous when you're around. And Philip was like, well, you're going to have to work through it because I plan on being at every game this fall. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great story. The, the closer he got, the more nervous Cole Quick got. And that's exactly, you're right. I'd forgotten about that story. Um, that, is, that, is a, that is a good story. By the way, Coach Fulmer at practice on Wednesday, uh, taking in his first Josh Heupel practice on, on Wednesday, um, just hanging out for a few minutes, seeing some people and, uh, watching and you know, watching, seeing what this team looks like, saying hello to Josh Heupel. So, did he have that look in his eye, Hubbard? I don't know about that. I didn't see him, but uh, he, he was he was in <laughs> he was on the practice field for a few minutes. So, so it, not, nothing's really changed. He waits till the media leaves to go out. <laughs> That's true. All right, which quarterback does this team gravitate to? Do we have any idea, Austin Price? I'm not even touching that with a 10 foot pole. Cause honestly, man, the boards made me just, I don't even care about this stupid position. Just give me the <laughs> September 2nd, whoever they trot out there. Like it's like the mask debate at the Knox County school board meeting. Like you're going to make half the people on the board mad. If you say one guy, you'll make the other half mad. If you say somebody else, you know, it, look at the end of the day, Tennessee just wants to trot out a guy that they can believe in. And, and I really think that the, the team believes in all three guys. Like, you know, I think if they rolled out any of those guys that the team would rally behind them, be fully behind them. And I, that's an honest answer. Um, who, who do they gravitate the most? I, you know, I don't know. I, I just know that, you know, there's nobody out of those three where I think the team goes, 
I hope he doesn't win the job. Like, I just think that they're all kind of, you know, like, hey, they each kind of bring a little something different to the table. Let's just pick somebody and roll. I mean, half the team didn't even know Maurer wasn't even out there on Wednesday. I mean, like, you know, that's how much the, the kind of they're in tune with their own individual job. I mean, how, I don't. I mean, I don't think any of those kids have a personality that you know is a turnoff to a teammate. Do you? I mean, they all seem like engaging. You know, kind of fun to be around. Positive energy dudes. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, I think all those guys have, you know, I mean, good personalities. I don't think any of them are not engaging. You know, I, I think, you know, we talk about this being a big day to, today in the scrimmage for the quarterbacks with the coaches. I think it's a big day for those guys with, with their teammates, you know, because I think this is where you do start to see some somebody gravitate towards somebody because it's not routes versus air, right? I mean, if you're a receiver in the summertime – you're looking for any quarterback who will throw you a ball. You know what I'm saying? Same for a quarterback. Quarterback's looking for any receiver to throw, to throw a ball to. When you get the scrimmage setting, now you start to figure out a little bit more who can handle things. So I think it's big for the quarterbacks in terms of earning trust, for their continue to earn trust for their receivers uh, and with their teammates, as well as earning trust with, with the coaches today. So but we'll, we'll see what happens today, and we'll see what happens next Tuesday and how close Tennessee can be to making a decision on, on who the starting quarterback is going to be. And, um, you know, that'll be based on the performance of those two scrimmages. And I think those, those two scrimmage performances will determine who these guys gravitate to the most. Um, we've now heard from Cade and Dane that uh, Young is one of the toughest guys on the team to block. Does he lead the team in sacks and our tackles um, this season over under seven and a half sacks on the year for, for Young? Look, I, I think the kid's got unlimited. I mean, I'm with you, Rob. I think the ceiling's really, really high for him. I really do. You know, is he going to come out and just dominate series upon series of play? I don't know about that. I mean, I think he's going to have some moments. I think he'll have some growing pains along the way. But I do think Tennessee's found a guy who's going to help them a good bit this season. And if you're probably hedging a bet, I would say he probably would lead the team in sacks this year unless they – get a bunch from the linebacker position where they're blitzing. I don't know what that number is, but if, if you said at the end of the year, he was your leading sack guy, I would say, yeah, that makes the most sense. I, I feel like Rob, that he's, he's most likely to have like that Daryl Taylor 2019 or 2018, whatever season that was where he had like seven sacks in two games. Like, you know, like he has like these monster games and then maybe disappears for a game or two just because He's still figuring it out. I mean, the kid's just not played a whole lot of football. I mean, like, how much can you really expect him to come out there and do? But he does have enough upside to where if he kind of has one of those moments where he kind of gets hot in the game and is beating his man and starts getting in that tackle's head a little bit, you know, where he could have some success in a flurry. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I could see him, like, having a two-sack two game, a three-sack game. But I'll go under just because seven and a half sacks led the SEC last year. And that, you know, it was 10 games, so two fewer than they're going to play. But I, I don't know that Byron Young is going to come in and in 12 games, you know, beat top, top what was the leading sack guy in the conference last year. And in Daryl's final year, I, I think I think he had eight and a half, maybe. Yeah, I think that maybe, may be right, something like that. So, I didn't realize seven and a half led the league last year. It's a good stat. Um, all right, uh, rapid fire here, Austin Price. Here are your answers. Lead, real shot, dark horse on the following recruits. You ready? 
You get you get your three to pick from. Lead, real shot, dark horse. You ready, Austin Price? Yes. All right. Marquez Garcia. Um, I, I go dark horse. Andre Stewart. Um, what was the second option? Lead. Real shot, dark horse. Real shot. Real shot there. Not the leader, but real shot. Cody Jones. I I say dark horse. Um, because I think Tennessee's laying in the weeds there. Okay. You can see Cody talk about Tennessee a lot. So um, I, I, that's why I say dark horse, because I think they're more laying in the weeds than – like he's not out there talking about how he's talking to the Tennessee coaches. He's not running up here a whole lot. He still retweets everything Michigan, likes everything Michigan. But I know Tennessee has a ton of dialogue with him. All right, three more. Alec, Elick. I can't get it right. So, uh, real, real, real shot. But I, you know, again, I, that's 50 50. I don't want to say that the leader. All right. Uh, Joshua Josephs. Uh, leader. Uh, Quintel Jones. Um, I think it's going to be like, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Tennessee's recruiting him as hard as they once were. All right. Uh, since this offense is so fast paced, a lot of times I imagine that the plays are a lot more simple, less complicated routes for receivers. Maybe one side of the field reads for the quarterbacks, less crisp routes for receivers due to speed. Will this be a hindrance to quarterbacks, running backs, receivers grasping NFL playbooks and being prepared for the next level? Will this hurt recruiting down the road? Uh, my answer to that is no. Um, I don't think so. Drew Locke's still in the NFL. There's some Missouri receivers in the NFL. There's some Oklahoma receivers in the NFL who all played a part of this system. So I, I don't think anybody looks at this and goes, boy, those guys are just not very good, very polished football players because they played in Josh Heupel's system. I don't, I don't see that being the case at all based on his track record of, of where he's been and, and what he has gotten done. Um, which before before you go any further, Rob, is it just me? Is this, this, this mailbag podcast just doesn't have the same flavor now that since hubs is not going – and reading the the handles, he's not saying who asked the question. He just is going to the next question. I need to hear if this was Cajun and three or or Navy for guy forty four or whoever. Come on, Hubbard. All right, this was J K O E L S C H thirty. You pronounce that one, genius. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. You ready? Let's do it. J K O E L S C H thirty. Go. J K O I call Thank you very much. All right. I call 30. I'm not even looking at it. I'm just Brooks 1972 wants to know which transfer in will have the biggest impact, which transfer outs the biggest loss for the Vols. And does Javante Payton have a not have a muffler on his vehicle? <laughs> Javante Payton's been a star of camp so far, hasn't he? That car's been the star of camp. I mean, well, it's it's the daily running joke, okay? I it's I, I keep telling everyone he's got someone that's in the fourth window of uh, of the athletic dorms that is saying, okay, go, 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 go. And then, like, he drives right by right when an interview is going on, and he's like. <laughs> um, it's a lot louder than that. All right, here yeah. we go. I'm sound effects are free here on yeah. the podcast. I'm going to ask, the, I'm gonna ask the, uh, these other questions this way. Bigger loss for Tennessee transfer-wise. Um, Henry T, Eric Gray, Keyshawn Lawrence. I would go. I would go Gray, Lawrence, Henry T in that order. I would have gone. I mean, because of what they have at running back, I would have put Lawrence up top. But that's also based on the way Henry T played last year, as opposed to, as opposed to the way he played as a freshman. 
If he transfers out as a freshman, I, I consider that the bigger loss than Keyshawn Lawrence. But combined, you know, I just don't – I mean, Tennessee's got some guys that have played a lot of football in the secondary, but they don't have anybody I think that's very dynamic. All right. Which uh, transfer in will make the biggest impact? I, I'm going to go Mitchell just because – I mean, they don't have they didn't have any depth at linebacker until he got here. So, so I'm I'm going with Jawan Mitchell, Joe Milton, Joe Milton. Is that a hint from Austin Price? What does no, he I, I, What does he mean? What does it mean? It, listen, well, I've I've been on the record saying I think that right now it's Joe Milton or Hendon Hooker's job with with Harrison Bailey not out of it, but but down um, the packing order. Either one of those. They've got a they've got to hit a quarterback. So the quarterback is the easy route because, like, if they hit on them, then that means then Tennessee's had some success on offense. All right, um, Vol for Life three seven six four three wants to know um, the real question: How do special teams look? Kickers, punters, and who do you see being the return specialist? Right, no clue. We don't see kickers and punters. But 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 they're settled there. I mean, Paxton Brooks is going to be their punter, and I think we all believe that Chase McGrath is going to be their kicker. Who, who do you like to audition as a, as candidates for the return job, Rob? I mean, don't you think Vilas Jones is a shoe-in? At kick return? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who's the punt returner? I don't, I don't know. I think they got a lot of candidates. Um, I was them. They're down on scholarships. I'd sneak Evan Berry back out there. <laughs> Are they going to put a freshman out there? I think that, you know, that'll be interesting to see. Does, does Jalen Wright have that kind of skill set? I don't – I mean – Return punts? Yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I see him um, – either I the Jimmys. I think either the Jimmys would be interesting candidates. They both seem like some, some guys with some wiggle. It's whoever whoever can do the fart in a skillet thing is going to win that job, whoever that is, apparently. <laughs> um but I mean, I think they have a laundry list of candidates for that. But I don't think they're close to to settling that one down, um, and, and by any means. I talked to Joshua Joseph on the phone. I was like, I'm, I'm like, like who you talk to the most on the staff? He goes Eckler. I said, man, he's a character, isn't he? And he goes, started laughing. I said, did you hear how he described he what, what he wants in a punt returner? And he goes, no. And I said, fart in a skillet. And he went straight hubs. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Exactly. All right, Rob, do you three recruits for 2022 that Tennessee's in the best shape with basketball-wise? Any info on what led Tennessee to offer point guard for 22 while having Edwards in the class already? Uh, staff just use him as a top-tier can't-miss guy. Chandler Jackson is a top 100 recruit from Tennessee who just got a Kansas offer, and Tennessee hasn't recruited at all, which you previously stated was because the staff was only taking Edwards at point guard. I'm just curious and trying to figure out the process over there. With, with and I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty simple. I mean, he's talking about the kid from New York City that just got an offer. I mean, he played played his balls off in August at the Peach Jam when Tennessee was there watching him play. They clearly have they've known about Chandler Jackson for ages. They haven't offered him. They offered this guy based off what they saw in Augusta and end of story. Uh, three guys that that I, off the top of my head, I would Kassan Wallace, Johan Treor, and Brandon Miller. And with that said, I mean, Tennessee could end up not getting any of those. I mean, they're in the final two for Wallace, in my opinion, but it's Tennessee and Kentucky. Trey Hoare hasn't really cut things down yet, but he had a monster summer. He's going to be, a, in my opinion, top 25, top 20 prospect. And Brandon Miller, you know, Kentucky's in there again. Alabama's in there. Kansas is in there. Yeah, he's an in-state guy, but you're still battling some behemoths in, in the sport. So that, that's, that would be my take on those. And the bonus question – 
Thoughts on Mac McClung signing with the Lakers? Good for him. Vol Rocker wants to know what is the class of twenty three like in state? Austin Price, anybody we lead, that Tennessee leads for out there besides Caleb Herring? Yeah, I think they lead for uh, Deshaun Bishop at Carnes. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't spent time all there this week with him, and have, I've seen a couple practices now. I was out there doing something for our high school stuff in Knoxville, and then Ben will have a uh, a nice interview with him coming up, um, coming up, and then you know over the weekend. Just, I mean, he's looking good. Look, he's 190 and um, hadn't hit a college weight room, um, is just shredded. And I expect a big year out of him. I really do. Um, so I think Tennessee's in a really good shape there. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see with some of those 23 linemen. You know, Joe Crocker's an interesting kid out of mid state. He's not originally from here. So, like, you know, you know the ties, you know, that's not the same. Um, I think they're in pretty good shape with the kid out of, uh, Chattanooga Baylor, um, the offensive lineman name escapes me at this point. Um, who's his dad played with, um, you know, Ellerby at MTSU, um, you know, and then, you know, a couple of kids out of, out of West Tennessee, I think Tennessee are, uh, you know, in, in pretty good shape with like, like a Marquess Taylor. I like the kid that the, uh, linebacker from, from Lipscomb. Spillman. Spielman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in good shape with the Spillman brothers. One's a 23, one's a 24. Um, remember now, if you're a Tennessee fan and you live in the mid-state, Addison Nichols will kick off his senior season next Friday night over there at Lipscomb uh, against uh, Trent Dilfer and, and the Spillman brothers and and um, Caleb Beasley. So it gets to see three guys, uh, two 24s, one 23, and then a current Tennessee commit in Addison Nichols. Uh, that being next Friday, and you might even see me there. AP, what about the uh, local kids, Tommy Winton, Kendall Jackson, Tennessee going back in on them or, or no? Uh, not not Kendall Jackson. I just didn't run well enough. Too stiff. Um, you know, somebody will get a pretty good player. I, I think he's, he's – you know, he, he'll, he'll factor somewhere in college. Tommy Winton – you know, my advice to Tommy, and I told him this when I was out there at, at Catholic's practice here recently to do something on him for our high school product in town. You know, you didn't really play a year ago. Like – Go put something on tape, go ball out those first three games, and then send out your film again. Because I think if he does that, you're going to see other teams come back in on him. He talks to Virginia Tech quite a bit. Tennessee's not one of those teams, but who knows where they're at. You know, maybe they do go back in on a guy like Tommy Winton. But, again, I think it takes him really um, having a really nice start to his senior year for that to happen. All right, who are the number four and five offensive tackles? Assuming Wright, Davis, and Cade are the, t- are the top three would a guard slide out there, or would you expect uh, Caldwell or Perry to be there? Depth at that position worries worries me. I think it worries Tennessee a little bit. I, I don't think, you know, I think you're trying to piecemeal something if you are down, you know, two or three uh, of your of your top tackles. I mean, I think it's clearly those three are your top tackles, AP, and then there's a big drop down after that. In terms or of where they are. Jay Perry would be number four in my opinion. Number five. I don't know. I, honestly, I would probably kick Carvin out there to tackle and at right tackle and uh, and and play somebody else at guard. With the recent uh, ruling of punishment for Baylor football, what kind of impact do you think that has on Tennessee as far as self-imposing? I think this is a great question, Rob, because I know the Baylor thing took like six years to get a resolution on, but I mean they're paying a, basically a five thousand dollar fine, right? Um, and there's not a, and there are four years of probation for them, but there's very little punishment otherwise. So if you're Tennessee, 
how does that change or does that change what your what your approach is with the NCAA? I mean, it, is it really comparable though? I mean, Tennessee was all about impermissible benefits and recruiting and Baylor was more about, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I think Baylor's was more serious in a criminal sense from what I know when you're talking about sweeping sexual assault allegations under the rug, but how much of, I mean, how similar, I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like the cases are, are very similar. I mean, I feel like Baylor should have people go to jail, but I don't know, if, I don't know where the NCAA is the, you know, is the arbiter of the kind of stuff that well, was but, going well, on. You make, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a duly noted and, and po- good point because what came out of the ruling was they could not prove impermissible benefits, which, which changes it in Tennessee's whole fabric of their violations is impermissible benefits. Um, so you're, you're right. There, there is a difference there um, for sure. Tennessee has basically thrown up their hands and, and admitted they, to what they did. I mean, the NCAA is not going to have to prove impermissible benefits. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. All right, we're running out of time here. Let's get to a couple more. Have you all heard anything about the new baseball stadium? And do you think they will be able to get new seats built in by next season? I don't see anything done next season. Um, I, I just – I don't see it getting done like that. I mean, there's – Again, you're going and you're still doing drawings. You've got to bid that out. You've got to bid out construction. You've got to do everything with the state building commission. I, I don't see. I don't see any way you're putting a, anything significant structure-wise to that baseball stadium. Nothing. Year. Nothing permanent in any event. You know, maybe something piecemeal. You know, makeshift that they can throw together to get some more people in there, but no, no permanent structures. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I just don't see that had happening. Um, all right, uh, two more here. Uh, I believe that if Milton and Hooker are the top two quarterbacks, one real positive is that they both are legit dual threat guys. Therefore, the play calling and game planning week to week will be similar for both. If one gets injured, it seems more seamless transition if Bailey were in the, than if Bailey were in the top two. Obviously, you play the best player, but if Milton and Hooker are the top two, do you see that as a nice luxury to have two quality dual threat guys as the game, with the game plan that you're putting in? But, uh, but, is, but is Milton really a dual threat? I think he can move once he gets going, but, I mean – Dobbs was a dual threat. He was shifty and can make people miss. I just don't see that out of Milton. Again, he can run straight line, but is he shifty enough hubs? I don't know. I mean, it, you know. Um, they didn't use him that way at Michigan. Now, I don't know if that's because he, he can't do it or if that just wasn't the style, but he averaged, you know, three yards a carry at Michigan. Yeah. Um, we've seen him get on the edge and and that turn the corner and take off, but you're right. It's it, I mean, Dobbs was a running back who could throw it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of how he played in yard. And Hooker's not as good as Dobbs, but he's that kind of quarterback. I mean, he had 15 rushing touchdowns at, at Virginia Tech. And I don't remember exactly how many carries, but a lot. I mean Milton ought to be players. Milton ought to be awesome in short yardage, though. Like on a, like a fourth and one sneak. Yeah. That was a big that was a big point of contention last year in the Michigan State game before he got hurt. Um Harbaugh took him on off the field in like a fourth and goal or third and goal situation and put in a running back to run wildcat. I mean, to me, in, in that situation, you would definitely want to run Joe Milton because of his size. Uh, Mark Emmert has been quoted as questioning the enforcement role of the NCAA in the future, and yet Tennessee continues to pursue an investigation in tandem with the NCAA. If you were Danny White, what would you do? It doesn't seem smart to self-impose harsh penalties with Tennessee seemingly we- or the NCAA seemingly weakened by the day. And is Greg Sankey now the most powerful man in college sports? Let's take number two first. Is Sankey the most powerful man in sports, Rob Lewis? Uh, he gets my vote. Uh, 
I mean, I, especially I mean, if you're looking at it from the football angle, which I think we can all agree rules, you know, rules college sports because that's where the, the vast majority of the revenue comes from. You know, men's basketball is self-sufficient, but every everybody else on campus depends on football dollars, and nobody is generating more football dollars than Greg City. Yep, that's a, no doubt. And Austin, I just don't know that Tennessee is going to hammer themselves. I mean, you know, I, I just I if mean, they I, do, I, I, I if think they the, do, I question, I question everyone over there. Yeah, because I think the, the where things are right now is vastly different than where it was in February, March, April. And so I, I, I don't think there's, I don't think they're going to hammer themselves. I don't think they, I don't think there's any reason to at this point. Follow the Auburn model, circle the wagons until the incident to come on. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's, I mean, the, that's the LSU model. That's the Kansas model. That's the Arizona model. I mean, think <laughs> that's Auburn, basically Auburn everybody's is, model. <laughs> I mean, Auburn is, is in the last, you know, 10, 12 years. I mean, they've had the Cam Newton theme, uh, which was, you know, everybody's headline. It was on Splash Dollar Sports Center College Game Day. They've got Bruce Pearl's staff involved in this FBI wiretap stuff, and nothing has ever happened. Nothing. Nope. No, why? It either sport because because each NCAA agent ended up at Pat Dye's cabin. <laughs> Nobody circles the wagons like the Auburn Tigers. Do we um, have a cabin? Is there a Johnny Major cabin? Yeah. Like, you know, we, we gotta get we gotta get that figured out. Is it, there a cabin? You know, it, it but it is interesting, Rob. Um, about just in general with that. I mean, because you have two schools of thought. You can say bring it on, or you can go the direction Tennessee is elected to try to go. Um, and, and, you know, I think if you do what Tennessee does, the NCAA should take into account, Hey, they're being cooperative when everybody else is just basically telling us, don't, you know, come on, we'll take you on. And, and now there's less, there, there's less enforcement power. It feels like from the NCAA. So, um, what Tennessee does from a self-imposed standpoint or doesn't do, uh, this fall, if they do anything, will be worth watching. I think Tennessee is going to do everything they can to make it as, you know, as least painful on themselves as, as, as possible, uh, particularly in light of everything that's going on. All right. Last question. We're going, what did each of you do for an occupation before VolQuest? I went to college. Young pup. I mean, like, uh, you know, <laughs> before, when I was, in, when I was growing up, I worked at Clinchview golf course and being stationed at Go see the lovely Keck family. Play a good round of golf. Rob Lewis. I was a I worked at a small town newspaper and and did basketball recruiting stuff for Bob Gibbons and, and his newsletter and website. All right. Then for me, I was in talk radio. And prior to that, I paid my way, helped pay my way through college by working at and in high school by working at a funeral home. And that, my friends, is a podcast of stories for a much later date and a much different genre of uh life other than starting quarterback debate so we'll uh we'll leave funeral home stories out of the volquest.com i've always thought i've always thought hubs i've always thought hubs could be could could be a one of the the employees there at the haunted mansion at disney world and 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 now he tells me you worked at a funeral home i did i absolutely worked at a funeral i worked at multiple funeral homes uh from the time i was 14 until i went to work full-time at the radio station with mike keith do you ever sleep in a coffin? Uh, no, but uh, there's probably a picture of me um, 
in in a showroom laying in a coffin. There's probably one of those I, I, I laying around somewhere. That. That's <laughs> gonna be that's gonna be Alex one 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 eight's avatar. I tell you what, we'll do that when uh, when those young pups like Eric Kane and Ben McKee start posting their young 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 pictures from their young days. Oh, uh, listen, <laughs> if you can get if you can become a friend with Eric Kane on on his Facebook and just scroll back about you know eight years in profile pictures, guys. It's a treasure trove for the general's quarters. I've already told him. I said, you got to get those off of there because if they ever find them, you are going to be inundated. <laughs> That's going to do it for this mailbag edition of the ballquest.com podcast presented by Blue Water Climate Control. He's Austin Price, Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.